Hello everyone. Welcome back to See the Sunrise. This is season two and episode 23. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. In the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33 and verse 3, the Lord spoke to the prophet while he was in prison. And he said to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity to see what God is doing behind the scenes. Sometimes his presence is not keenly evident, but I assure you, he is there. All we need to do is look for him. And when you find him, you will find that you can achieve a life of hope and contentment. On Thursday, June 17, 2021, President Joe Biden signed a bill establishing Juneteenth, the date commemorating the end of slavery in the United States as a federal holiday. So many people did not understand the significance of that day, nor the impact it had on people of color. As an African-American, it's important for me to be able to share its significance with those I encounter, and that means as it applies to all ethnicities. To focus on this subject, I have to first uh, focus on it from the perspective of inclusivity and moreover its equity or the quality of being fair and impartial as it applies to Christ and what he stood for. As an African-American female, I have had opportunity or shall I say disadvantage of engaging in conversations specific to race. Now, I by no means or in no means am docile or reluctant to provide my opinion about racism. However, the Lord has implored me to speak of it in terms of how he sees it and how people of faith ought to view it as well. First, let me tell you a couple of things that have been said to me relative to blacks. And I must say here before voicing it, they thought that there was nothing wrong with what they said. I, in turn, took offense. However, had it not been for the spirit of the living God rising in me, I would not have been able to provide them with information that I hope would have increased their understanding. One of the comments made to me by a Caucasian female was, if they don't like it here, why don't they go back where they came? Now, before you get beyond angered, let me tell you the other comment and then we'll move on from there. Let me also insert here, I don't know if she looked at me, but I am an African-American female, so I must have been the they that she was talking about. The other conversation was, and by the way, I don't even know why this Caucasian male felt he needed to express this to me, but he decided he wanted to share with me that on his father's uh, side, he had inherited some land. His father had inherited land, and he saw blacks picking cotton one day when he was a little boy, and he thought it looked like fun, and he decided he would go out and pick with them. And he said he was only a child when he did this, but his father was extremely angered about what he was doing. Additionally, he went on to share with me how he played with other black children uh, and how well they got along. And he too felt this conversation was okay to have. And again, I must say, it was unsolicited by me to have either of these conversations. Somehow, I guess I must have that representation that they can talk like this or express their views and I would understand. Okay, I'll get back to that in a minute. So, okay, these conversations were wrong on so many levels, but it was how they saw things and how they felt. And let me tell you that 
both individuals saw nothing wrong with what they were saying. Yet I, on the other hand, saw many things that were wrong. It was wrong with their comfort, first of all, in deciding that these were things that were okay to say to me. Now, what initially rose up in me was my human side. And, you know, we have to admit, I don't care who you are, um, how big a Christian you are, and how long you've been a Christian. There's some things that people can say to you that really just irk you and turn you the wrong way. And, you know, my human side, I have to tell you, there's nothing holy about that side. However, <laughs> I recognize that I represent Christ, but that doesn't give anyone permission to say just anything to me. Before I go into any more dialogue about these two events, let me share what I've learned through Christ. One of my call narratives or scriptures, I will call it, was the book of Romans chapter one and verse 16. And it was written by the uh, apostle Paul. And it said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. He says, not only to the Jew, but also he said it was um, for the Gentiles or the Greeks as well. And so when I heard that, God was teaching me about his, his ability to not make exceptions when it came to his love. He taught me a long time ago that he doesn't make those distinctions, that he loves all. And he showed me that in John 3, 16, as it states, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's found in John 3, 16. He, in that scripture, what he's saying is he offers salvation to everyone. He also taught me how slave owners weaponize the scripture in um, school, we, when I was um, taking um, uh, theology class, they talked about how we use this phrase called hermeneutics to um, disseminate or discern the scripture or to share the scripture, and it's how we interpreted it. And in theology, you can almost interpret things the way or slant them the way you want them. So slave owners weaponized the scripture to achieve obeyance from those who they took from their homeland in chains to build personal wealth. And these individuals didn't have a voice. No, they had no choice. They were, they were taken by cruelty. And according to a woman by the name of Yolanda Pierce, she's the dean of the Divinity School at Howard University, she, she quotes, so much of early American Christian identity is predicated on a pro-slavery theology. Remember what I just said about hermeneutics, being able to slant scriptures so that it meets your expectations? But God has one expectation, salvation. From beginning to end, it's about God's love. Slave owners didn't care about their the spiritual well-being, their well-being of slaves. They used their Christianity to justify what they were doing to those whom they had enslaved. This is not new. People today continue to interpret the Bible based on their agenda. Um, consider people like Jim Jones and all of the people that died after they followed him or David Koresh. That is why it's important to read the Bible for yourself and to study his word, seeking wisdom and understanding. The book of James says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives it liberally and unabradeth not. Unabradeth meaning um, no particular uh, uh, person can, you know, anybody can get that wisdom and understanding, but seek it from God. Now, I'm not trying to provide a history lesson here, but there must be an understanding of how we got here and the need to change and the need for change. 
especially if we are calling ourselves disciples of Christ. Now, let me go back to my two uh, recent encounters on racism, as I discussed earlier. For the person who suggested that they, quote unquote, go back where they came from if they don't like it here, I took the opportunity to remind her that they are the ones that built this country through sweat, loss of family, pain, tears, beatings, and even death. Why should we, I decided to identify myself with that since she was saying they as if I was not a part of it, why should we go back to a place that we didn't desire to leave but were taken from and um, that a place that we don't know because many of us were born in this country. We are as much equal as any citizen bo born on this soil. So I needed to provide her with what my thoughts were, but I had to do it in a way that didn't demonstrate venom and hate, but to provide information. And regarding the person who shared with me about playing with black children, I had to first consider he has no idea what he's talking about, nor the impact on an unsolicited conversation. I will assume for the sake of remaining civil and holy that the acknowledgement of Juneteenth that he's been hearing about on the news provoked his perspective on race. And he just wanted me to know what he felt. Now, he never asked me what I felt, but I'm hoping that that dialogue will be reintroduced and I'm sure I'll be of calmer spirit by then. Unfortunately, I have had to deal with discrimination more often than I care to talk about. As an African-American female born and raised in the Baptist church, I had to contend with the church doctrine that didn't ordain women. I've had encounters in retail establishments such that because I didn't look like what their quote unquote representation of their store was that I was going to be ignored. I've had to address issues in the workforce, in the educational settings and more. This is not Christianity. Jesus loved all and he died for all of us. He didn't discriminate. And if you really want to know how he felt about those who weren't like him, then why don't you consider asking the woman at the well with uh, the woman at the well who was a Samaritan and um, who was considered a racial enemy to Jews? And why don't you ask the woman with the issue of blood who did who, who people didn't want to touch because she was considered unclean? Or maybe Zacchaeus, the tax collector, who was considered a thief. Um, these are all, or maybe uh, the, the unclean um, lepers. Or Jesus encountered many, many people. And he didn't make distinctions. He wanted all to know about salvation through Jesus Christ and reconciling the sin that we had uh, committed um, to his Father, our God, the place where we hope to inhabit one day in heaven with him. Jesus' entire ministry tore down walls of separation and hostility. His ministry is about love and unity. And if we are his disciples, then we are called to represent the same. I can't tell you that I wasn't infuriated by the conversations I've encountered, yet Jesus has shown me a more excellent way. And it is the way that he asks all of us to follow. The world will never change if we continue to hate and to see others as beneath us. May we all seek to be better and to do better, to speak up against injustice and to love as Jesus loved. Jesus became man and experienced all that we do to show us we can live lives of love and peace, even with those who don't like us, who don't accept us. 
If we really want to tear down walls of division and hate, we must make a conscious decision to live according to the teachings of Christ. You can't destroy hate with hate. It just fans the flames of hatred. I get it that everyone will not love you no matter what you do, but we must make the effort to begin the conversations. They are tough sometimes, those conversations. I know from experience, but uh, what I've also learned is that you need to walk in the shoes of another if you really want to get understanding. My parents, as oppressed as they were growing up in the South during the Great Depression and moving North to civil unrest and to try to find work and a better life and all the things they went through, they never taught me hate. In fact, one of my lessons I learned on race was from a father who had little or nothing. I remember so clearly, I was very young, I, I would say anywhere between six and nine years of age, and I remember calling someone out of their name. In fact, I didn't know their name. I used a racial slur. In one of the most booming, if you remember James Earl Jones, that would be my father's voice. But in one of the most booming and frightening tones, he asked me to repeat what I said. I was so afraid to say it again for fear of a beating, but instead he said, and I quote, you know nothing about that man. I don't want you to ever say that again. Some lessons are caught and others are taught. In this case, I say it was both. Our values and behaviors are learned from the people who practice them. May the great teacher, Jesus Christ, our Lord, be the one whom we pattern our lives after. Until next time, God bless you and be sure to see the sunrise to see Christ in your everyday situations.